the notion of marketing as the catalyst of exemplary customer experiences. The idea that we are the drivers of those experiences, that we are the drivers of the brand and not the driven. You're listening to The Higher Ed Marketer, a podcast geared towards marketing professionals in higher education. This show will tackle all sorts of questions related to student recruitment, donor relations, marketing trends, new technologies, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Welcome to episode one of the Higher Ed Marketer Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Troy Singer, and I'm here with my co-host, Bart Kaler. How's it going today, Bart? Troy, it's going great. I'm very excited to get going, and, uh, and, and this being our launch of our Higher Ed Marketer Podcast, it's exciting to be here today, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. As am I. Now to get into it, it seems that higher ed marketing, along with everything else in life, has been affected greatly by COVID-19. Can you tell us a little bit about today's show and the guests that we have? Yeah, when we uh, first started thinking about launching this podcast, I I think that we have to first look at the reality of where things are. I mean, it'd be great to be able to just jump in and start talking about higher ed marketing, which we are, but also being able to look at it in the context of the reality of the world around us. And certainly in the last year, it has been greatly impacted by COVID-19, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. And so today's guest is um, Ethan Braden. He's uh, one of the leaders at Purdue University. He's the uh, Vice President of Marketing and Communications. And we're going to be talking with him about not only the fact that he and his team won the American Marketing Association Marketers of the Year, they swept that this year, but they also did their higher ed marketing in the midst of a pandemic. And part of that was rolling out a new brand and rolling out a Protect Purdue platform that really allowed them to communicate with all their constituencies in a way that really helped them navigate the pandemic and and do it in a successful way and actually grow their class in the midst of that. Well, we both have been fans of Ethan for quite a while, and we're so excited to have him on. So without further ado, let's get started. We are very excited to have Ethan Braden, Senior Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Purdue University with us today on The Higher Ed Marketer. Welcome, Ethan. Thank you, guys. Ethan, I had followed you for a while before I realized that you recently came to Purdue and the higher ed marketing space from the private sector. Could you share the story of how that transition took place and any learnings that you would offer others that are thinking of making a similar transition? Certainly. No, I was very fortunate to follow to Purdue my mentor, who also brought me to Lilly in 2006, Dan Hassler. So in the summer of 18, we began to discuss the fact that he was going to stay at Purdue audibling on his third attempt to retire and become essentially the chief marketing officer and run the 150th anniversary there at Purdue. And he needed a great number two. So we discussed the idea of following up him up there, learning from him, being his, his number two, his lieutenant, and if lucky enough, earning the opportunity to succeed him when he retired. And fortunately, in April of this past year, 2020, I was fortunate enough to, to earn that opportunity. But in terms of coming to higher ed from the private sector, I've been asked that question a lot, and I think there's actually far more similarities than there are differences, honestly. It's it's a complex, oftentimes commoditized, competitive, difficult market where great marketing is paramount and needed. And in a space like a university with multiple colleges, departments, players, et cetera, influence without authority is key. And we saw that in the private sector as well. But at the end of the day, I think it's equally as complex, equally as fun, equally as challenging Again, with an incredible beneficiary to our work, that being students and families that will hopefully come up to Purdue University and have a great experience as they would have 
previously with our medicines in my in my previous career. Great. Great. That's, that's, that's great. Thank you, Ethan. And as I'm kind of also just kind of picking back on that, I noticed that this year you won the American Marketing Association Higher Ed Marketer of the Year with your team. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we were fortunate to sweep and it, all, all credit goes to the team to be named the individual. And then a couple of days later, find out that the team was also named Marketing Team of the Year. It was just a treat. I had a few people say to me, and I think this is an important point, you know, that was fast. You've been there two years, done a lot of work, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, when, if you get after it for two years, whether it's in fitness or in finance or professionally, if you get after it every single morning and work to get a little bit better, a lot can be done in two years. And, and thankfully, and thankful uh, of a very impressive and devout team that has a DNA that just wants to make great impact at Purdue University, we were able to achieve that. But the other day, you know, the other part of this is having a very supportive board, President Daniels and other leaders who want a brand that does justice to Purdue University, to its 151 years of history to its 630,000 alumni, they want a brand that really shines when we put it out there as marketing communications, the way that those alums feel when they see it. And, and we need to do justice to it. Thankfully, 2020 was a good opportunity to do so. Well, that's great. And, and speaking of 2020, I, I know that you know, having such a great team that's really trying to make an impact, I'm sure that was very helpful as you rolled out the Protect Purdue in the middle of the pandemic. And as a parent of a Purdue student, I was, uh, I was very impressed to see that kind of roll out. And when, when we dropped my freshman off on campus in, in August, I was you know, relieved to see what was going on. And, and I was impressed over the course of the semester. So maybe tell us a little bit about that campaign, how it came to be, and, and how the marketing played into that. Yeah, I think a, a few things. Um, you know, Number one, team extends beyond those that wear the Purdue badge. And for us, we've got some great partners, consultants, vendors, as well as an agency in partnership here with Ology. And they played a huge role, especially in initially formulating the attitudes, beliefs, behaviors, the audience understanding, the objectives, and the phases that we really wanted to execute with Protect Purdue really from March or April on. Now, it began with President Daniels, to be very frank, the, the quest, the call to learn from the 150th anniversary, but with a, a much more important adversary or foe in the, in the form of COVID-19 and to apply all of those learnings about synchronized, compelling, and consistent marketing communications to create the attitudes, beliefs, behaviors that we were gonna need on campus to thrive, to survive, and to get through, the, you know, get through that semester. So it was really a, a pickup of what we'd learned over the last year about getting onto the same song sheet, about deeply understanding those attitudes, beliefs, behaviors that we were gonna to need to either change or reinforce or create you know, in a community of 50,000 to be successful. And then to bring those to life, I have an associate on my team who likes to use the Disney example. And she says, you know, at Disney, you can't go 30 feet without finding a trash can if you have a real commitment to cleanliness. For us, it was don't go 30 feet without seeing a reminder of Protect Purdue, believing that it, you know, it's 24-7, wherever you go, we need to protect ourselves, protect others, and protect that Purdue community if we were going to do this successfully, residentially, and open. The Purdue president, Mitch Daniels, who you previously mentioned, and also was the governor of Indiana at one time, I believe, wrote an op-ed piece in the Washington Post early in the pandemic. So if you could tell us how that fit into the campaign, was it the spark or was it the camp part of the campaign structure at all? Well, I'd say it was the tip of the spear, especially in front of the curtain. The reality is, you know, Mitch is guided by science. He's guided by his, his executives, his leaders, his deans, his scientists on campus. And so a lot of work had been you know, put into place long before he made the declaration that we would reopen. He had tasked our veterinarian dean, Willie Reed, and our business school dean, David Hummels, to lead a safe campus task force where they really looked under every rock to understand the problems, the challenges, the headwinds, as well as the solutions to potentially being able to reopen. 
you watch the science, especially as it protect, you know, as it pertains to the diversity of audiences and constituents we have, whether that's an 18-year-old freshman or you know, a 70 or 80-year-old faculty member and everything in between. And so when you saw that declaration, it was guided you know, by his experts, um, by his cabinet, and by the science. But he was the tip of the spear, really at Purdue University and in, in North America to say, I think we can come back and live our mission open residentially, but we'll have to do it in a way fundamentally different than anything we know, whereby we would protect the most vulnerable and then find a different way to operate with everyone else that would be present. And so that op-ed was really a function, I think, of um, leading the way he does. He's an incredible situational leader. Leaders always have arrows in their back, and we see that. But at the end of the day, that decision was very guided and by no means just on his own. That's great. And being a parent of a, of a freshman, I love seeing that message even before we set foot on campus. I was excited about that. But I, if I remember correctly, there were some in the community that weren't as excited about it and maybe put some arrows in the back, that, as you kind of referenced, and, and uh, pushed back. So they not only were you rolling out the messaging for different audiences, but getting pushback from some of those audiences as well. It's common when a stake's put in the ground. So tell us how you handled that as a marketer and, and any tips that you might have for others, because I mean, true leadership is going to end up that way. And I think that, you know, a lot of schools could learn from your example. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things there. You know, the first piece again is, is being guided by science and being guided by the experts of a university community, right? That safe campus task force really identified what were the headwinds and the tailwinds to potentially do this. Moreover, he assembled the Protect Purdue implementation team with folks leading functions of their expertise to be able to do this successfully. The Board of Trustees approved the measures of the Protect Purdue plan three times over the summer. And additionally, as you think about the faculty, staff, employees, et cetera, there were 80 town halls before we opened school that were directed at them to bring people along, to hear the concerns, to create confidence, competence, and perceptions, as well as realities of understanding. And there were 50 of those as well for families and students. So you know, coalition building, continuing to evolve as the science evolved, over-communicating, doing it with empathy, um, providing avenues to, to hear the other points of view and solicit information with our Protect Purdue website, for instance. All of those were key in keeping the ball moving, but also not leaving anyone behind. And, you know, and the other thing I, I highlight with that Protect Purdue implementation team, you know, we're every morning with Mitch at 8.30. There's two deans associated with that. There's our provost, there's our vice provost of teaching and learning. There's great representation from all the corners of campus. They're helping guide those decisions throughout the course of the summer, through the fall, and that will only continue this spring. That's a great deal of commitment for everyone on that team. I mean, a, a daily meeting like that, that, that is a lot of commitment. I, I applaud that. So tell me a little bit about, I mean, obviously in the middle of Protect Purdue, that's not all that you guys were doing. I mean, you, you still had the, the business of a regular, you know, higher ed marketer and marketing team to, to attend to. I mean, you're certainly going to be working on enrollment, persistence, retention, visits to campus, as well as other things that have to do with development, with donor relations or community engagement and relations. So tell us how all that fit together, because I mean, it didn't just stop with Protect Purdue. You had to kind of implement that into everything else. Tell us about that. The sequence, I think, is interesting because at the end of January, we rolled out our new brand platform, right? A, really a response to the 150 years of Giant Leap's anniversary campaign that took us through 18 and 19. But the, the idea was after that celebration of 150 years, were all of the departments, were all the communicators, were all the colleges going to go back to their disparate corners? Or were we going to continue together, you know, on, on the same song sheet? In key, And so we rolled out our new brand platform that really was founded in our essence of Purdue University is, is about the persistent pursuit of innovation, where Boilermakers bring their best and learn together to build a better world. And so, you know, as we faced COVID five weeks later after that brand platform launch, we saw the students go home, but we were right in the midst of, of essentially yield, right? 
it's March and you're starting to talk about August. The first key was to look at that and say, instead of throwing the playbook out the door, how do we continue to tell the world who we are and what we stand for? And we orchestrated a play called Air Cover. It was really all along our 16, or excuse me, two weeks each, but eight pillars of messaging that continue to communicate, especially to those admitted students and families, that when others run out, Purdue runs in. What you can count on from a Purdue education, the innovation, the persistence, the collaboration, the affordability. We made sure we drove consistent messaging during those periods. Well, about a month later, as that had begun, Protect Purdue was launched. And again, it's right squarely with our brand. Persistent innovation together, in this instance, to combat that foe that is COVID-19. And we ran that play throughout the course of the summer uh, in unison with our colleges, with our departments. As Jamie Gilpin at Sprout Social says, you know, for brands during that period of time, social media was about the only door that was open, or at least digital was, pertaining to visits, uh, et cetera. And so we really ran that play throughout the course of the summer, and we're fortunate I think with all that collective effort to have the largest freshman class we've ever had. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Ethan, I must say that was so inspiring. When others run out, Boilermakers run in, and I will take that away from our session today for sure. I would like to ask you, we ask of our guests one thing that they could provide our audience, which is an idea that they could take away from listening, that they could apply either now or very near in the future. Is there an idea that comes to mind that you could share that others could benefit from now? I think it's the the point of view that I've, I've really tried to bring to Purdue University from my previous career, and that is the notion of marketing as the catalyst of exemplary customer experiences. The idea that we are the drivers of those experiences, that we are the drivers of the brand and not the driven. We have three goals on my team. The first is to cultivate, excite, and unite a world-class marketing community at Purdue University. So I have a team of 65, there's another three to 400 people on campus that are working in some sort of communications capacity. So how do we cultivate that group? How do we excite that group? But how do we get them on the same page so that what they put out looks and feels compelling and consistent? That is a, that's a proactive method. The second piece of that was to, to get away from being the driven, the short order cook of random acts of marketing on Purdue University to be the driver of great positioning, of great understanding, of great promotion and great protection or preservation of our brand. So again, that idea of the driver. And then the last idea that it's not for us, it's for our external audiences. And so at the end of the day, when we put our marketing out there, it's got to have that understanding. It's got to have that target and that aim to really be about driving affinity so that people are going to take our information. They're going to feel something with it. They're going to recall and they're going to take some action based on it. With that sort of idea, I think that props marketing. It brings it to the table as a material contribution to the realization of the organization's ultimate goals, right? We need to materially contribute to Mitch Daniels realization of Purdue's future, not be the short order cook in the back. And so I encourage all of your listeners, uh, all of our marketers in higher education to really step up and think about their contributions and how they can be the driver of really great brand proliferation versus the recipient of orders of others. That's great. Thank you so much, Ethan, for for what you've shared today. Thank you for participating and uh, kind of letting us in a little bit on the inner workings of the marketing team of the year and the marketer of the year from AMA and really excited about uh, what you've shared today. I don't know if there's any last parting thoughts or, or any additional thoughts that you'd like to say. No, I just, I wish everyone a, a really happy and healthy and, and hopefully productive 2021. We, we realize that Purdue in particular, that this semester will be different and likely more challenging than the one that we just fought. Um, and so we're gearing up for it. We continue to be somber and sober about our perspective on it. We'll go at it every single day. As Mitch said, we started early, we threw the kitchen sink at it, but at the end of the day, it's about creating culture. It's about the culture that we needed from our students to really protect Purdue. And I'm sure that's the 
the case anywhere in higher education. Start early, throw everything you have at it and get that culture right. But this is going to be an interesting semester. I wish everyone the very, very best of luck as they combat it. Well, Ethan, thank you. Thank you for joining us and sharing your expertise with everyone today. You definitely provided plenty of useful takeaways. And to our listeners, this episode of the Higher Ed Marketer podcast is sponsored by Kayla Solutions, an education marketing and branding agency, and also by Think Patented, a marketing execution, printing, and mailing provider of Higher Ed Solutions. On behalf of my co-host, Bart Kaler, I'm Troy Singer. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to The Higher Ed Marketer. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.